Welcome everyone to the Modders Inc. Podcast. This is where we talk about what is happening in the case modding community and in the computer world. We continue part three of our interview with Bill Owens from MNPC Tech. You know, I know years ago, you guys may even remember this back in the early days of modding, uh, Mashy, uh, Crimson Sky, and some other guys. Intel bought, I, I believe, they bought their projects from like the QuakeCon show or whatever, and they put their, their mods in the boardroom at Intel. Their, their modified cases are in the boardroom there. Oh, really? Oh, really? How cool is that? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That says volumes to me about Intel, man. I mean, Intel is just, they're, they're more involved in the mod community than people would believe they are. They, they totally support it. Yeah, actually, they've got um, their, their new gaming group. They've actually been participating out here in Arizona now with the Land Bash for the past couple of years that um, they're actually sponsoring. And we've had it twice now at the Intel plant here in Arizona. Uh, you know, two, three hundred people lands, and they give away three extreme uh, CPUs, and I think a total of twelve CPUs. I mean, they were you know thousand, twelve hundred dollars CPUs that they were giving away, and we're actually doing one again in August. And uh, again, awesome CPUs too, man. I've, oh yeah. I've had customers build systems and bring them in the shop here. Show me, play Medal of Honor. You know, uh, I always forget the name of it. Sorry, everybody. Uh, oh, Crisis. Crisis. Yeah. Crisis. <laughs> Which is like the, you know the benchmark for gaming. I've seen them walk, you know, watch prices, and um, and you know, you know the popular card here is uh, the EVGA 8800 GT. A lot of people here running on that. They love it. Wow. What are you thinking about the the newer cards? Are you a hardware junkie or not? Or are you more on the, the other side? Uh, you know, I used to be. I had to fall out of it because um, my sole focus is just cases. Because that's what I do. I just try to focus on that the most. I try. I mean. What time I have to kind of ride the, the industry curve, like what's new, it's usually looking at cases because it's what I do, and I just try to be the best at it, you know. Um, I, I hear about hardware pretty much from my customers. Well, the truth is there's different facets of the community. Guys are, like, on the hardware wave. There's guys that are on the mod wave. Guys are on the cases or whatever, games. Right. Choose your wave, you know, and you know who to go to when you have questions about that realm. You know who the guy is in your form that knows, you know? Yep, absolutely. Do you run a modded rig there at the shop? I don't, and uh, probably because I've, I've got two laptops, and I'm, like, I'm constantly on the move. And biggest thing for me is communication. Uh, my email is, like, one of my biggest things I have to try to control. Um, so, and then, like, what we're doing here with the conferencing, I spent a, mo- a lot of my time conferencing with customers and, like, affiliates. Rick Murdo, who runs Mod Nation Forums, he runs the Case Mod blog. He's my uh, right-hand man. He does all my web support for all my stuff. And I talk to him a lot because you have to, you know. Um, here in the shop, we've got the Ghost Rider PC that's more or less the MP3 player from hell. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty cool. It's like the, the shock and awe PC when people walk in here. Other than that, we should have a rig up in here running, but I really, I like, I use my laptops because I can just pick up and go. And yeah. I'll walk around with it and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm not the type of person to sit down when I'm in here and just uh, sit down at a PC. You know, uh, if I've got my uh, laptops, I've got the camera, and if I'm talking a conversation with Rick, I'll move it from workbench to workbench around the shop as I'm talking with them. Yeah, so it's just they just work more better, you know, 
for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can totally understand that. You know, uh, I, I have uh, both a Mac, I have a Power, a Pro Power Book, Pro Book Power, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mac. Uh, yeah, a Mac. And I've got uh, this freaking compact workhorse laptop that will not die. <laughs> I use the hell of it. And it will not die. This This Mac is my first Mac, and... It's got some great things. You know, I do music on it, and I do videos on it, and I do web browsing on it. Other than that, I don't use it for anything else. It's perfect for that. I wouldn't call myself a Mac guy, but I can appreciate Macs for the benefits that fit my needs. Right. And I can't stand people that divide the line. It's, it's a joke. I mean, why? PCs and Macs, they each have their faults and benefits. It's just a matter of what fits your needs. And if you're you're a fool to discount something simply because it's on the other side of, right. of the line, you know it's just dumb. Oh, you get that in the car world too, you know, Ford versus Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So don't right. again, don't ever close your mind to things because you may be missing out on a lot of cool stuff. Right. I, I kind of say the same thing like for the fanboys. I mean, you've got you know I'm a I'm an Nvidia fanboy till till the end, even though they may be you know in last place or, or whatever. You've got to, like I said, expand, try different things, you know. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, one thing that it does, like when on the Phenom project, we've got four different videos up on YouTube uh, following the build. What those videos have done basically made a forum for people to slap each other and just have these just ongoing arguments, you know. Uh, but it's just kind of funny uh, that you spend so much time, you know, arguing about this is better, blah, blah, blah. You've definitely got enough stuff out there. Um, you've got your website. You've got uh, the Case Mod uh, blog. You've got the YouTube videos. Um, I kind of like reiterate what Tony said earlier. It's like, where do you find the time to do all this? And, and you've got the people helping you. Are these just friends that are just willing to help the cause or... They actually paid employees, or everybody that works with that. I mentioned their names earlier. Has a a monetary benefit from working with me. They're not on a payroll, but they get paid in other ways. Right. Having access to the yeah. shop. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Brad, obviously, and my machinists obviously get paid. But Tom, I do not pay him, but I share the shop with him, and he does his projects in here. But Tom is an extraordinary uh, photographer and uh, videographer. He, he did the videos that we did earlier on that have been uh, very successful on YouTube. Um, and he's done all the photos, like the uh, new CPU article on the Phenom build. He did all those photos. Um, wow. He's done many project photos. Probably The best photos that you find of my stuff have probably been by Tom. Um, he's been published to two magazines this year with uh, the projects. And, you know, he's got his name and his website. If you're on the team here, you share in the wealth, publicity, I guess, and recognition and to to it. But no, Brad and Steve they get paid. They're definitely yeah. getting paid. <laughs> you know, but uh um otherwise, you know, I've got local customers that love to be part of uh stuff. They volunteer their time to come by and help out with videos and that just because they enjoy doing it. Um I give them access to the shop too, you know, um while I'm here and it's kind of like it, it is like a job. You know, I have a schedule that I buy to, like the casemodblog.com, that gets updated. I try to do it every morning after I get out of the shower and I just, you know, have my coffee. I get on the web, and a lot of people have been tipping me off about stuff, and I'll use those tips, and I'll credit them as guest entries. Or just, like, 
the places that I haunt on my own, if I find something interesting, I'll share it. Work logs, I've kind of like, over the last few weeks, I just haven't had the time to update them. It seems like everything's just kind of come to a head right now, and I've got so many things going on that I just, you know. It sounds like you need to, to hire a personal assistant. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, in some ways, Tom is like that, but he's also, he's 22, he's your, 22 years old, and he has a girlfriend. Uh, enough said. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'm not on the priority list. <laughs> you know, I don't blame him for it, and I never give him crap about it, because I would be doing the same thing. You know, so it's like, dude, when you have the time, that's fine. You know, um, But my wife, my wife would probably be, you know, my greatest asset for the business. She processes all the orders each day. She does all the paperwork, uh, accounting. Well, she does all the hard work then. So actually, I'm kind of a scatterbrain when it comes to that stuff, so I'm very thankful that she can do that stuff for, for me. She, yeah. she watches my back. Um, you have to really, it's a balancing game of your inventory. Yeah, you may be selling a bunch of stuff, but are you prepared when it goes out of stock? You know, that's one of the hardest things for me. Stuff sometimes sells so fast that that curve comes up on me real fast, especially when you're milling stuff and you're making all this stuff, each individual part on a mill, uh, you better be prepared when it sells out, you know. Luckily, nobody out there really resells my stuff other than Hank at Performance PCs. So I can right. control, I can watch that curve. Um, a lot of resellers want to sell my stuff, and they all know if they're listening to this, they're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> do they want to sell my stuff? The problem is, I don't feel right now that we're in a production, we have a large enough production to answer the demand. Right. Uh, so I'm not going to stick my neck out there until I know that we can answer the demand. So I've had to turn away a lot of these people, and it's turned off a lot of people to me. They're like, what the hell is this problem? Is he stuck up? No, the reality is is that I'm just not capable yet of uh, answering that type of demand. You know, the stuff oh, yeah, definitely. Itself. So uh, I would love to, but... I don't, you know, part of it, too, is that I just don't want to be just this, uh, I don't know, part-making machine all the time, full-time part manufacturer. I try to just diversify everything. And I, and this year with the painting, I'm really getting into the painting and stuff. You know, I really like that. So I guess we can say that uh, the website's doing very well for you, then. Yeah, it's doing pretty good. We, you, you would think that um, we are the smallest store of, of, of our kind out there on the web for, like, selling mod products. But when you look at the products we have, there's a portion of them that you're not going to find anywhere else. And that's because I've stumbled upon this this stuff for my own needs. And, like, I have, like, you know, I have very high expectations of things, and I only want the best when, when I'm going to turn around and give it to somebody. So this is stuff that I use myself that I'm selling, you know. And then we've gotten to the point now where we're actually making stuff and selling it. So um, it's a small store. But what's there is very popular, and it moves. And I've always tried to have an integrity, because a lot of my customers are, like, longtime customers, loyal customers. And, they, you know, a lot of my business is repeat business, and they have high expectations of my stuff. And if I start selling, like, really cheap trinket crap, they're going to wonder what's going on. You know, they're going to kind of probably think that I've maybe sold out a little bit, you know? Right. Uh, um, you know, just junk. <laughs> you know, sometimes I look at, you know, some of the stuff on there, I wish could be a little bit higher quality. 
but uh, I can't afford to buy massive bulk. This probably goes back to way farther in the conversation that we had that, like he said, that the manufacturers have been lurking and learning and watching what we're doing. Without motors, we wouldn't have you know the modular power supplies or the windows or the extra cooling fans and all the all the crazy things they do now with the, the pre mods and they're making the right. they're making the bucks off of it. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Modders created this industry. Guys that were doing this stuff in their garage. These guys that didn't even have garages in their apartment on their kitchen table. If you go back some of the old work logs, there's somewhere out there. You saw the guys that these were the Mavericks. These guys you know, you know the overclockers and the first guy to add to, uh, a radiator, dual radiator in the front of his case, stuff like that. A radiator that he found, like, not a computer uh, market radiator, but some other type of radiator that he found off some kind of equipment. Like a 73 Vega. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All this stuff. Um, today, like with the feet that we're selling now, we're making these aluminum feet. Well, I know, I guarantee it, they're going to start selling, you know, sexier case feet. Why? Because feet are the easiest thing to put on your case. If your case doesn't already have four holes, it's very easy to drill four holes. Yep. You know, that's all you have to do. Easy near mods like that are very hot commodities in the market. Keep it simple. You know, I noticed when I've had stuff, like, you guys remember this. I had the uh, billet blowhole that M&P C-Tech sold, the round ring, machine ring, as you, you put as an exhaust fan at the top of your case. Mm-hmm. Well, those didn't sell as well as you thought, and the reason being is because a lot of people didn't even know what a hole saw was. Right. A hole saw is a, you know, it's a circular cutting attachment you put on a power drill or put on a drill press. You needed to use a hole saw in order to install it on top of your case. Well, if I buy it, could I could I send you my top panel? Could you put it in? You know, it's just, don't you have a hole saw? What's a hole saw? Right. <laughs> You know, I mean, that stuff only appealed to guys like yourselves that are uh, familiar with tools, have a workspace, bench, or whatever, you know, and can do that stuff. But the majority of consumers out there, they can't do that. Exactly. But fan grills, still to this day, are the number one, in my opinion, number one selling modding accessory. Fan grills. <laughs> That's good. Good for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, since day one, I mean, if you guys recall, when the very first laser-cut fan grills came out, I don't know, maybe even 98 or 99 when they first, like, hit the the community. From what I heard, the story was the first guys that were doing it were two guys that were younger guys working for a company that had, they had access to a laser cutter at work. And they were making these fan grills at work using the employer's equipment. <laughs> what happened was it caught up to them. Demand got so big that they got busted and they had to bail out of it. Wow. And, of course, by that time, people recognized how well these things sold. Suddenly, you got all these people coming out of the woodwork with these laser-cut fan grills. And yep. they sold. Every website you went to, all the big names had fan grills or whatever, you know. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. things sold like crazy. And back then, they were selling for like seventeen ninety nine, and for a sealed cutout. Today, you can find them for a dollar ninety nine on sites. You know, now that's how much they've dropped. You know, to compete. <laughs> yeah, there's a bigger market now. But I mean, you've you've yeah. definitely created your own niche, and you've, you're controlling that very well. Yeah, and it's upset some people. It's upset people that want to resell my stuff. 
other resellers. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be like some of these companies out there that actually go through the process and actually ramp up production and then fall flat on their face because they that's right they cut corner somewhere and and can't meet the demand even though they got the actual access to do it. Well, you know what, guys? Part of me is, is if you know me, if if you're a close friend, that I have a lot of pride in uh, making stuff here in the U.S. I mean, um, part of me is like. If I start reselling, you know, redistributing my stuff through other stores and the demand goes up, my machinist is not going to be able to handle it. We will have to, in order to compete, we will have to go overseas. And there's some people that believe I'm a fool for not. And so part of me is I have pride. And then when you buy stuff from me, there's chances of our, that you're going to have something really unique when you show up at a LAN party or something. There may be one other person, but you've got something that's truly coming unique and people are going to ask you where did you get that you know and i think that's where the part the modern part of me where i take a lot of pride in that and i try to like control it in a way that it's almost like i hate to say it but kind of like the beanie baby thing where they had limited edition beanie babies and (laughs) you know which was really a bad example but I, i think i get more joy out of let's run this design for a while sell it for a while and you know what? We'll do something else. We'll do a complete 360 and do something else. And my customers know that, and they expect that from me. So I guess we kind of have a relationship that way. I just kind of keep feeding new stuff like that. You know, I, I that's that's the creative part of me. I don't want to be suddenly just this bean counter, just counting inventory of big shipments coming from Asia that's just going right. to proliferate the market. Another thing that does is, well... If you're a big-time reseller, it becomes a battle of price point. And over time, when that's not selling anymore, that price starts dropping and dropping and dropping. The value drops in it. All right? So suddenly it's a price war. So I, mean, I don't want to see my stuff like that. I don't want to see my stuff on the clearance page because nobody wants it anymore. I don't want my stuff to be like that. I don't think you have any worries about that, Bill. I mean, uh, your your designs and your uniqueness and your quality control is way above that, and I can almost see it as a limited production. Okay, we're done with yeah. this. We're off on to the next sure. one. I'm not rich. You know, for some reason, some people think I'm rich. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because, you know, some of the stuff we've done is like, we, yeah, we throw throwing a lot of money at it, uh, but I'm not rich. You know what? As long as I can pay my mortgage and we can we can live comfortably, I'm happy. I'm very happy. As long as I got good friends that I have good times with, that's that's all that matters to me. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to be driving a brand new car, you know. So you know yeah. That's a good attitude to have just in general exactly. life, you know that? That's that's a great attitude. Stupid! I'm a stupid, starving artist, Dwayne. That's why. Oh, <laughs> you're still in that mentality, huh? <laughs> no, I like to say I'm a starving artist. People, you know, people think that you know modding, you know, pro modding is like you make a lot of money from it. No, you're you're a starving. Ah, artist. there we go. Now we we've just hit the subject that probably a lot of people would love to hear. Pro modding, and one of the biggest questions is: Is there such a thing as pro modding, and how do I make money from doing it? Uh, what do you think, though? So? Uh, there's a couple of facets to that. Uh, first off, <laughs> any like true like uh, good example is custom bike builders. Uh, if you think that these guys like, well, I don't want to see Jesse James. Probably somebody more independent. 
build these custom choppers that sell for like $30,000 for a client. If you think they do that full-time and they make their living solely from that, you're poorly mistaken. What they make their money from is the parts that they sell, the, the parts that they have manufactured to sell with their name on it, or yep. they've come up with something unique. It's not the big, you know, the big bikes that they're making. Um, those are more or less a vehicle to promote their business. Okay? Exactly. This goes back to the Hot Rod magazines when you see, you open up the center page and there's some guy that completely customized his car, dumped all this money on it. Well, this guy just may happen to uh, own a shop where he works on cars, so he can write off a lot of that stuff. And he's using that car to promote his business or promote something else. He might even be a you know? Yeah, right. see? Your dog knows. Knows the facts. <laughs> he's pretty excited about all this, Bill. Yeah. So, basically, I guess what my point is, is that you can make money from doing mod projects, custom projects, but they're few, far in between, okay? And you have to accept that. The reason being is that the average consumer is not going to freaking drop $3,000 on a custom case or $1,500 or $700. It's just not going to happen. They're out there, but you have to find them or they have to find you. And the way that they find you is that you have to just get your name out there and your work out there. Um, but to expect that you're going to sit full-time doing this, make a living from it, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, there's a lot of guys, most of the guys that have a full-time job are, are modders on the side, and then they're so talented, they're, and they're smart enough to know that they can capitalize on their talent. And that means doing stuff for manufacturers, for their displays, um, or for businesses uh, in the industry to promote their businesses. And the hard part is, is that doing it in a way that you make your share, your 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 earned amount for your time. You know, that's right. the hard part. That's very, very hard part. Um, and you have to be business savvy. If you're not business savvy, they will these these corporations, these manufacturers will take advantage of you. And they will take advantage of you because they believe they're giving you an opportunity that you should bend over backwards for. Hey, well, we've got a big name, and you. this is an opportunity for everybody to see your work, and blah, blah, blah. Well, and, you know, most people are like, yeah, yeah. You know, getting into a magazine, that's a really big deal. You know, if you're not getting paid, I mean, if you, you know, for me, if I'm not getting paid for my time, I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I learned the hard way. I got bills to pay, you know. Um, now, that's the realm of, like, custom boxes, and to get a name for yourself out there, You've got to do unique stuff that nobody else is doing, or you have to do uh, have very detailed, clean execution that's unlike anybody else's to separate yourself from the herd out there. You know, in order to get recognized in a community forum, you've got to do some really cool, unique stuff to get everybody's attention. Otherwise, your thread's just going to drop. You know, uh, you guys know that from your own experiences. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you think yeah. also, though, let's go back probably a little bit again to another subject was of, of the modding kind of going down a little bit. It's no more of the shock and awe like it used to be where you You're right. the odd and crazy things. I mean, yeah. everything before was like was new. Well, there was a time when uh, like the first guy to do like incorporate something that was CNC milled into his mod was like huge. It like sent a wildfire through the community where everybody was like drawn to that 
work log. Like, say if he was making his own custom water block. That was huge. That guy was, like, instantly considered, like, put on a plateau. Oh, yeah. Because he knew how to run a mill. Because the average person didn't. Well, today, people are much more resourceful, and that stuff is more accessible now. <laughs> there's a lot of people, well, not only that, but there's a lot more people um, that have learned to capitalize on the modern community with those skills. So it's not as uncommon to see somebody running to make parts on a CNC mill or have access to a water jet in his work bog or whatever. You know, a lot of these guys that do these projects, they may work in a shop full-time for some kind of, you know, uh, specialty business, so they have access to all these tools. You know, um, it wasn't like that before when it first started out. It was more like more of a grassroots thing. Yeah, it, it was. And that's what I'm saying, like, the, the shock and awe of everything that was new really fueled the fire for, for case modding. And I wonder if we've gotten to a point where there's really like, oh, yes, been there, done that, seen that. And there's really not too much more that we can go any crazier. We're really going to almost have to go out of the case completely again. Yeah, you're right. I, uh, you're right. The whole case thing, you know, I, I really, um, I, I don't get excited about doing a case. I would love to, I mean, but the thing is, in my position, cases are what pays. For the average guy, he wants a case. Because it's, you treat it like cabinetry. It holds everything, it's easy to access, blah, blah, blah. For me as the artist, I don't want to do cases. I want to do freaking sculptures. I want to do something that hangs on the wall. And my friends, if you ask my friends, that's, that's all I talk about. I want to do something that you can walk around and like see all these different features of it as you walk around, not see cables hanging out the back of it. You know what I mean? I want to do something that's more that would be in a museum. An art museum. Um, I want to do uh, something that would hang up on the wall that you can admire as art. That's what I want to do for my own stuff. Um, cases, it's more like it pays the bills. You know? Uh, so I wish I had the more time to kind of do something like that. And it's also a matter of getting the right people. I know something like that I would, I'd have to... Uh, I want more people involved with it, too, than just myself. Um, because I've learned, too, that working on a project with somebody is even funner than doing it yourself, you know. Um, especially if it's the first time they've done it, and you can see that that initial excitement, that glimmer in their eye they get when they, you know, they did something on their own for the first time that they've never done before. Like, even right. just operating a Dremel to make an etch in a window... I mean, something as simple as that they've never done before, and they're like, wow, I did that myself. I didn't have to pay for it. It's awesome. You know, and watching, experiencing that, that is probably like my new high with this, with modding. Is just, so I'm probably going to keep working on that. And a lot of my, a lot of the upcoming projects I'm working on are probably more than just myself. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good segue into that. What is your, any new projects that, projects that are coming up that you're really excited about and it's going to just just blow away your last one, the AMD project. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to blow it away in, like, com complexity, uh, but uh, right now, well, we just finished The Simpsons one today, um, and some of you that on Modders, Inc., that, that got the work log on there, um, that was uh, 
um, an ultra microfly cube case that we modified. Uh, we made a, uh, a new bezel for it. We milled a, a aluminum bezel for it, one and quarter inch thick, and um, didn't do. Uh, oh, uh, what was unique about it is that we got two 120 millimeter intakes in the front of it that are milled. The fans actually are cradled inside the bezel from the backside. Um, that was just finished today. Uh, that was a pretty. That's a pretty cool project. We should have a, a YouTube clip of that, like within a couple of weeks. Um, right now, I'm working on another project I've really not revealed online because I haven't had time, and it is a tribute to Bruce Lee and Ed Parker. Ed Parker is um, uh, another martial arts. Uh, innovator god that came up with the style of martial arts. It's called Kempo, K-E-N-P-O. Now, I don't know a lot about it, but my customer is very passionate about it and uh, about martial arts. So um, we're going to do basically a martial arts theme case mod. And as it stands now, there's going to be some real uh, eye candy, milled aluminum parts on it. Um, and a kick-ass paint job that it's going to be like a Bruce Lee. If, if you're a fan of Bruce Lee and you've watched some of his movies, like Enter the Dragon, he had the uh, yellow and black jogging suit, the yellow jogging suit with the black stripes down it. And then um, his... Uh, Enter the Dragon. Show, Enter the Dragon, yeah. And uh, then his, uh, his martial arts that he developed, his style of Taekwondo, He's got a yin-yang symbol with this um, uh, Asian writing around it and stuff. We're going to incorporate that into design as well. Um, it's ba uh, the, the best way to describe what it's going to look like when it's done is eye candy. It is <laughs> filled with eye candy. And what I mean by eye candy is that in the paint, we're going to use pearl, pearl house of color paints, yellow and black and gold, and we're going to do anodizing. Uh, powder coating and just it's going to be a lot of eye candy to look at that's the only way I can say it right now And uh, if you like dragons there are going to be some really cool dragon themed stuff in it in fact we've been working on a dragon for the side panel that we're going to mill an Asian dragon big window um, it's going to be a basically what it's going to be is a 240 millimeter fan grill oh my god mill and a side panel. And that's going to be your uh, AGP fan. <laughs> and it's going to be uh, a large ring around that with an Asian dragon, multi-piece fan grill. And we've been working on the design for the dragon for three weeks, uh, just going back and forth on it till it felt right. Then we're doing, uh, based on the Kempo um, patch that you would have uh, in your outfit, that patch design, which is a dragon and tiger entering in the ring. You know, I was saying earlier on the Pink Floyd deal where I actually it made me learn a lot more about the theme. I'm kind of I'm still learning more about all this stuff. So as I work on it, um, the customer, he kind of, you know, he, he educates me on it. Like, well, why is that important? And, you know, and when you have somebody that's passionate about that and you get involved with it, you can't help but be a part of it as well. You know, and yeah, so you learn, and, and yeah, you, know, you try to like it'll, it'll feed off help that. You put it in, yeah, it'll help you put into it. Yeah, you know, yeah, you feed yeah. off their passion. You know, you have to. You know, it's like if you're going to do a project for somebody, you kind of almost have to step in the, You have to step into their shoes for a while as you're working on it. 
see, right. you know, what, you know, what excites them, you know, so. I, know I, I can say this, guys, is that the chassis, this is going to be like, uh, chassis is going to be painted uh, like a pearl yellow. Oh, pearl metallic yellow. Really? And this is oh, going to yeah. be awesome. Really yeah, it sounds cool. like it's going to look sweet. Yeah. Pearl yellow, I'll tell you, and I'll go as far as this. It will be pearl yellow chassis. And it's gonna it's gonna be um a Leon Lee PC seven plus mid tower case. And it's gonna look like the paint job theme is gonna look like a, a black a black steel shell is being ripped off a yellow shell underneath which is the Bruce Lee theme of yellow and black and it's Taekwondo. So if you imagine like first off a yellow case and then it had like a black steel shell over it, but it's being ripped off by claws from the front Ooh. corner over and revealing like this design underneath it, that's gonna be the paint job on it. Uh, cool. I'm really excited to uh watch that transpire. Well, I can't wait for you to start that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's excited because he's been ordering the hardware and giving me all the updates on the hardware he's ordering. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to probably, you know, for some kind of new product, we're going to release on it somehow, you know. And um, he's actually, he's flying here from the East Coast to uh, put the system in, and we're going to record it for YouTube. Then we're going to have a party that night. Um, we're going to invite a bunch of people here uh, and just hang out when the system's up and running and just bullshit and talk about, you know, computers and um, hang out and have a good time. Kind of like, a, uh, you know, a cast-off party when it's done, you know, or something. Right. Yeah, that's one part that I think is cool about what you do, Bill, is you allow your customers to come in with you like that and and actually get them involved to an extent. Yeah, if they can if they can afford to come here, they will try to come here. Um, that's great. You know, uh, the thing is, when you do some of these bigger projects and you know how long they take, you can't help but start a relationship with your customer in that matter. It's like you're taking a journey together, you yeah, know, definitely. and it can take months, and you can't help but kind of get sucked into their life. So... You know, it only makes sense to if they if they can be here, afford to be here, they will come here. You know, when it's done, um, I've got another customer um, from Philadelphia that we're doing a project for, and he's going to come here when it's done, um, and that's going to be another real cool project. Uh, uh, he's is like a project that a time of his life when he was single and he had time to work on it. He was working on a project, and then you know he got married and things changed in his life, and so the project kind of collected dust for I don't know, maybe like three years. No, please. And then, like, he's like, Bill, I'm never going to have time to finish this. I want you to finish it for me. And when it's done, I want to fly up there, and I want to see when we power it up, you know. Oh. Oh. Wow, that that's sounds cool. pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, you know, maybe someday uh, Modern Zine can be able to get you to make us one. We can come up there and have the party. Dude, you guys are talented. You can make your own. <laughs> oh, yeah, but come on. I, I just want to go for the party. Yeah, no kidding. We'll just have no, to go what we the... need to do, you guys, when my plate is clear here, I, we should do a project that each one of you has your uh, creative uh, input into it, and uh, then I'll have some aspect that I do. 
And then what we do is you bring it up here, and then I'll implement my aspect to it yeah, while you're here. Good. Sounds like a good good time, Bill. It really does. I'll it's tell good. you what, though, guys. Do not you do not want to come here in the winter time unless you like below zero frigid temperatures. Uh, I live in Arizona. If it gets below sixty, I'm freezing. Oh, uh, you would not want to be here, dude. You, I would say <laughs> August is probably the perfect month to be in Minnesota because the temperatures range from oh, like. Oh, mid seventies to uh, you know lower eighties, mid eighties on the average. Wow, that's 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 nice. That'd be nice. That'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. I finally uh, today actually got my AC unit in the window here. Um, it was uh, eighty-one degrees in the shop. The problem is when you're in an old warehouse that's not insulated at all, and you're on the second floor, the heat just kind of rises up to the second floor and it hangs in here. So I was oh. finally, after freaking eight hours, the temperatures finally changed in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> this little air conditioner that's hard up, man. Well, Bill, I'd like to say thanks, you know, for, for doing this with us tonight. And um, I think everybody learned quite a bit about you and about in, uh, mnpctech.com and what you're all about. And I think uh, it's really great insight on uh, the world of modding. Of the challenges that you've gone through and probably your some direct directions that you're giving people. And I think you, you had some really great comments about uh, modding and basically life in general. There's some things that everybody can use. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, um, hey, thank you for the opportunity. And I respect the fact that you guys recognize that this is another vehicle to promote what modding is. Um, Modders Inc. is about as down-to-the-earth, great community that takes you in open arms and welcomes you in and encourages you to uh, push yourself and learn new things. So, I mean, I thanks for the opportunity. I'm great to be a part of it, man. Well, thank you, Bill, and thanks for the kind words. And we do thrive to try and do that, uh, to bring in everybody and to show that... Um, you don't have to spend a lot of money to have good fun and, and feel proud about what you've done. Thanks for listening, and remember, visit modersinc.com. Put new life into your PC.